Hound Dogs. I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. It's just the two of us t this week, and we're going to talk about uh, the summer that's almost over. It's officially over uh, like the 20 or 21st of September, but for all intents and purposes, summer's over. Yeah. So we thought we'd look back at the things that we were, some of the things we were talking about doing this summer, like going to certain movies and some of the events we went to, like Comic-Con and things like that. So we're just going to have a kind of review of the summer and uh, if you're if you did something during the summer, leave a comment. Right. Okay. So one of the things we talked we did a whole show about summer movies. Things that we're thinking about looking at, yeah. watching. So I thought we could talk about the movies that we did see, uh starting with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. What do you think? Uh I remember liking it. Yeah. Uh, like, as far as animation goes, or theatrical animation, uh, it really raised the bar with what you could do with CG, mm -hmm. like, even further than, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, there, of course, the story was, they tried to have a conclusion at the end, but at the same time, it was also, like, part one. Yeah. I knew going in it was a part one, but I guess apparently a lot of people didn't even though the first trailer said it was a part one okay yeah uh i guess if they dropped part one it's not a part one right <laughs> um uh i remember the sound mixing was off in a couple places right uh and haven't they like gone back and changed parts of it or something yeah so in the theater there there were numerous versions running around. I heard some people say like nine different versions, but I'm not sure about wow. that. I knew there were at least two. Because huh. uh, at first it was just to fix the sound mixing, but then they also uh, actually changed uh, the look of certain scenes and even changed entire bits of dialogue, including wow. removing dialogue. Wow. Uh, and from my understanding, the home video version is the updated version so they basically already pulled a george lucas yeah i was thinking that yeah uh fixing the sound mixing would have been one thing that would have been understandable but changing a whole bunch of stuff on top of that just without off also offering the original yeah. is maybe that'll be part of some package when they're done with one two and three maybe <laughs> never know uh that's uh that's too bad. As in, into, across, and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> Not a potential part three. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't thinking, I was thinking, about, I was thinking about the first movie with yeah. the next three, three, next two as right. a package. I don't know. I'm sure they're, I'm sure somebody at Sony's thinking that through right. as we're talking. Uh, so, okay, so, and we liked that movie. Yeah. That was good. Thumbs up. Uh, and it was reviewed, of course, on Trophy Unlocked. Uh, Pretty much everything we talked about was reviewed on Trophy Unlocked. Yeah, let's just pass that on. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, we went to early access of that. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, I was. I know we we liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, something I can agree on about that movie is that it's uh, maybe like a as a movie as they just a regular movie mm -hmm. it's probably like a six out of ten but as a transformers movie <laughs> it's like an eight out of ten <laughs> right yeah and uh, yeah i think it was it was good for what it was about yeah uh and you kind of wonder that sometimes movies like that don't 
catch on because I think a lot of people have been kind of burned by some of the other Transformers movies. Yeah, it was actually the lowest performing Transformers movie. Yeah, so even though it was one of the better ones. It was yeah. just because I think it's had some yeah, bad got, predecessors. Yeah, people got burned on the Michael Bay stuff. So even though the last two, including Bumblebee, weren't Michael Bay, people still associated with Michael Bay. Oh, he's an executive producer or something like that. Yeah, but still. I uh, remember Pete Davidson was actually better than we yeah. thought he was going to be. I was be. worried about Pete Davidson. Yeah. In Transformers. Movie. Everywhere. Yes. It was a, yeah, he was like in every commercial for a while. Yeah, he has his own, has his own show. Of course. Black we, Kiss. Yeah, right. Not an ad, just yeah. <laughs> saw ads for it. We haven't seen it, so yeah. we can't recommend it or not. Um, yeah, so that was that was it. That was good. It, it, and sometimes I think we would see movies that I thought would be bigger than yeah. they are, and I think it's because sometimes people were kind of burnt out on the franchise, maybe or something, or the yeah. previous ones. So you kind of lose. You, it's a familiar title, so people, you think that's why they make it. Yeah. Think people will go see it, but they're like, oh, I've seen like five of these. Well, the same thing happened with uh, a similar thing happened with. Excuse me. Uh, that last Terminator. Mm-hmm. What was it called? I forgot. Uh, but it was. We liked it though. Yeah, I remember. I know we liked it when we saw it. Right. But uh, people got burned out. Uh, people get repeatedly got repeatedly burned out with Terminator. Constantly retconning after uh, two had an uplifting ending. Right. Uh, so every Terminator movie after that kind of undoes the happy ending, right? Uh, for one reason or another, and so. Uh, well, I'm not even canon, right? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot how people felt about Terminator Three. I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think I even saw Salvation either. Uh, yeah, Dark Fate was the new one. Uh, but people kept getting burned out on bad Terminator movies, including. Uh, I guess salvation and Genesis. Uh-huh. Uh, so people might have been more willing to see Dark Fate if they didn't have two other bad Terminator movies. Was that, was that the one where Arnold was like if he got into like doing sconces or something? Yeah. <laughs> Some interior design thing. It was yeah, like, it was funny. Yeah, that was a good, good bit. Uh, okay, so one movie that we went to see that was hailed as the best superhero movie <laughs> ever was not The Flash. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was really long. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah, it was, it was too long. Uh, most of it is Ezra Miller uh, yelling at himself, mm-hmm. themself. Sorry. Right, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yes, themself. Uh, force of habit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like uh, the only good parts were Michael Keaton and. Uh, Supergirl. Yeah, uh, I uh, super. You know, well, yeah, I guess it was Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked her a lot, and I liked Michael Keaton in it. Uh, but yeah, the the problem was they weren't the stars of the show. <laughs> it was, yeah, Ezra. Miller. Yeah. Um, the, it, the CG was the CG was awful. Yeah, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah. Uh, looked like underdone. I mean, we saw the little bit of of the flash in that really long uh justice league movie yeah which really long justice <laughs> well, the, the one that we saw at home because it was during the pandemic yeah uh it was a four hour 
version. Yeah, the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and that part of when he, he was in The Flash, that looked good, but none of that was in this movie, of course. Right. And so they kind of set up a false, you know, if you watch that, you, I kind of expect that that scene, like, I guess I'm. Marvel films have trained me to think that what they show you <laughs> for the next movie is going to be is in the next movie. And uh, that flash bit wasn't at all. Yeah. And that was kind of, and that was before, of course, all this trouble, and that was like, what, three or four years ago, too, now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just wasn't as good as the hype was, and uh, it was, yeah, disappointing overall. Yeah. It's just... Maybe the... Uh, we're just we tell people to watch uh, Flashpoint Paradox instead. Right. Because that did the Flashpoint arc better. Okay. And how would people find that? That's an animated thing? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can you probably find a Blu-ray somewhere or just or stream it on Max. Max, right. Um, okay. And I will say the biggest disappointment of The Flash is that it's a Flash movie that adapts flash point but uh reverse flash is not the villain (laughs) (laughs) okay uh the next movie we saw was mission impossible yeah dead Dead reckoning Reckoning part one where is this camera i'm even on the camera here Eh, part one (laughs) uh and that was pretty good yeah i enjoyed it yeah i liked it uh I will admit there was a point where I was uh, fighting sleep, but I think it was more because I was tired. Yeah, I've I've had that that in movies. Yeah. You don't mean to get tired. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was jolted awake by the final action (laughs) sequence. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which was really good. Right. Uh, Although I thought that... uh, I think uh, one action sequence... uh, one action sequence at the end was reminiscent of Uncharted. Okay. Like, the beginning of Uncharted 2. Right. And another part related to it was kind of like another Uncharted game. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they took some influence from there. It's I very mean, I don't blame them. They were really good set pieces. Right. Uh, and, of course, the big um, stunt was the jumping off the cliff on a motorcycle. Yes. That was kind of like... It was like two hours or something into it. It was it was not a short movie. Yeah. Uh, and that was yeah I, I th- yeah I think they did a pretty good job of of it's a little everybody can do everything kind of deal. Yeah. You know uh, everybody's a master of everything, but it's it's good. I think I read the themes of uh, Dead Reckoning Part One are sort of similar to the themes of uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. Okay. Uh, just like, uh, I guess spoilers for Ogre Solid too. Like a AI controlling uh, information. Uh, in the case of Metal Gear Solid Two, it was an AI that was trying to uh, create context. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it's not a bad thing to be compared to Metal Gear Solid Two. <laughs> no, it's probably a compliment. Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Mutant Mayhem, specifically. And? and? Uh, I liked that one more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I wasn't sure how to, what to think at first because of uh, Seth Rogen. Right. Uh, 
turned out to I was uh I was hopeful for hopeful for it because of the trailer, like the animation and how they captured the teen part mm -hmm. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh and I thought it was pretty good. Although uh you could tell what jokes were Seth Rogen. Yeah, he's <laughs> got those kind of brought it down. Yeah. Um it's he did he remade uh, the shadow yeah at sony and um that was actually kind of better than i think a lot of people gave it credit for not it wasn't great but it was better um and uh so i i was sort of like apprehensive yeah his humor is sometimes not really um but I would think it's funny. <laughs> There's a reason some people say uh, just associate him with uh, dude weed LMAO. <laughs> yeah. um, but supposedly, according to what I've read, is he was the first person they thought of when they were going to make an animated. I guess he was a big fan. Yeah, well, just because you're a big fan doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. No. But in this case, uh, it was it was pretty good. There was some humor that wasn't, and some relationships that were kind of like okay, they were. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, otherwise, it was pretty good. Uh, definitely, by the end, it definitely sets up a very different take on the world of TMNT. Right. I don't want to really spoil anything, uh, and I guess they're gonna make a series based off of it. Okay, and for streaming, I assume. Uh, yeah, or, at least. Okay. I mean, when you say series, you don't mean series of movies. You mean like a, yeah, like an animated series. Okay. So make sure. Great. Okay, uh, and we saw these kind of a little later than we wanted to, uh, but there was... Comic-Con uh, had a ripple effect on everything. <laughs> yes, uh, Barbenheimer. Yeah. Um, so the first one we saw was Barbie. Yes. And... Now, some people would say that's like eating dessert first, but uh, it was okay. Yeah, it, it's one of those... You kind of felt you had to see it because, like, it made a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, Barbie. Yeah, but well, I mean, but I mean, just the, the the fact that the Barbie movie was so popular made you think, well, I gotta see why it's so popular, and I was like, oh, why is this so popular? Yeah, um, I mean, she looks, Margot Robbie looks like Barbie, uh, you know, stereotype Barbie is that what they called her? Yeah, stereotypical Barbie, and um, she you know looked the part, um, but the the movie kind of. I don't know. It seemed to kind of lose its way a little bit. Uh, I think the best way to describe it without getting too deep into uh, an otherwise unavoidable discussion yeah. is uh, it kind of fumbles its own message. Yeah, a little bit. And it just sort of, um, yeah, it was sort of unfulfilling in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're just not the audience. We're not the target audience, yeah. But, uh, I never played with a Barbie doll, so I no, will say I thought... Oh, yeah, and uh, uh, Ryan Gosling uh, was good as Ken. I don't think he was as... He was fine. Yeah, he was just, but he wasn't, like, she was on the mark. Yeah. He wasn't quite on the mark to me. No. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I assume as, as Jen's writing, some of it is nostalgia. Yeah. And then we saw Oppenheimer, which yeah. we were trying to see it on... Uh, yeah, there's a whole story there. Yeah. So, so the big thing for you know, the big thing for Oppenheimer is we're gonna see it. Try to see it on a 70 millimeter um, 
IMAX. IMAX. That which is, is supposed to be the way to see it. That's how he intended it to be seen. And we went yeah. to the IMAX theater in Hollywood, the Chinese, the TCL Chinese theater. Big and, mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, even though they had taken up a bunch of the floor to have this projection room set up, it didn't work, apparently. And so we ended up seeing it in 35 millimeter IMAX, which I guess is good they had that as a backup. But I, I was really curious because it's like it's supposed to be like seven miles of film or some huge. Was the reason I went to yeah. see it. It was supposed to be this me mega huge amount of film they had to use yeah. uh, to project it, and we just, we didn't get to see it that way. Which is, it was. I really liked the movie. I, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm a little more into the historical kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like I like 1917, and I, I I'm a bigger fan of Dunkirk than other people were, um, but uh, I think it was really well done. I think uh, it was you know had the sort of a wah to it. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. I wasn't sure how much I would like it, but I ended up really liking it. Yeah, and the three hours didn't seem to it. It wasn't those movies. I've been in movies where it's three hours long. And you're like, okay, you know. Uh, I, I did check my watch uh, a handful of times, but that was more at a time when I cannot could actually start drinking the soda. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's also kind of a habit people get into because you're kind of everything you're used to it being 22 minutes long. So after that, you're kind of like, what? Oh, it's still going. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that was that was to me so far the best film I've seen as far as the, I would think the Academy Award's going to go. Yeah. Um, and I think the acting was good, and so I, I really thought it was a really well-made film, and to me that was sort of the highlight of the summer films that we've seen, for me. Uh, for Oppenheimer, there's a question. I've seen, I had seen the question of, like, uh, is it really worth seeing an IMAX because most of it is people standing in a room talking to yeah. each other? Uh, I would say the main reason you'd want to see it in IMAX is because of the... Uh, they the, had a, the recreation of the uh, test in New Mexico. Right. Which they managed to pull off with practical effects. Apparently. And it was, it, it's a huge, I mean, that's kind of the reason why you wanted to see it. So, you know, no, know. they didn't. They Christopher Nolan did not set off an actual nuclear no. <laughs> <laughs> Anything it, for the film. It seems like he, he, he is the kind of guy who would do that, yeah. but he didn't do it. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to get those on the, on the black market. <laughs> anyway, so that was the our, our film so far this year. And again, all these are reviewed on at trophyandblog.blogspot.com. All right. Um, so one of the things we did before summer is we did a whole show of you talking about Metallica. Yeah. So honestly, just an excuse for me to talk about Metallica, gush about Metallica for like 40 minutes. <laughs> and uh, this summer, we actually saw Metallica. Yes. It was the, they were doing a, they were hitting a town, a city, and doing two shows in t totally different sets, different opening acts, and it was kind of a, a really interesting uh, idea. Yeah, the M72. Right, and and there's a probably you know, they're a band that could pull that off. They have enough stuff that people know that at least their fans would know. And their fans, there's a lot of, and this was the largest, I think, event they've had at SoFi. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people went to see them twice. Um, and it was fairly reasonably priced. I mean, we we sat, you know, <laughs> above the roof. but Yeah, uh, we're in the 500s at the very back. Yeah, row uh, 22. Really cheap yeah. nosebleed. Yeah, well, we were trying to afford four tickets. And they the, the my 
beef about it was they put the tickets on sale during cr- the Christmas holiday season. Yeah, that was poor timing. Um, so you're kind of like, I could either buy something for Christmas or buy this ticket eight months in advance. But consider, Metallica's my favorite band. Yeah, this is why we went. And um, the experience was not great. Yeah. Uh, Metallica themselves were really good, and they put on a really good show. Right. Uh, and the sets on both nights were really good. Uh, the problem was more of the stadium. And the sound. Yeah, because uh, SoFi is not made for music. It is made for sports. It's made for money. Yes. <laughs> and we spent anyway, it's, uh, It was designed more around amplifying the audience noise for sports as opposed to having actual good acoustics for music and the music was the sound was better the second night but it wasn't great yeah and there was whole opening acts that i don't think we understood what they were doing yeah so the first night uh we i would have liked to hear mammoth wvh wolfgang van halen yeah but uh couldn't really hear what he was saying or playing which was kind of disappointing right uh pantera was like a tunnel (laughs) Yeah. Or like a ball of noise, as I saw someone put it. <laughs> uh, I like Pantera. Uh, Isn't this kind of a Pantera, putting on Pantera yeah. group? Yeah. Uh, people co- who could actually hear Pantera, I saw complain, some people complain that Zach Wilde just can't not do his pinch harmonics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess he apparently, I couldn't tell, but apparently he kept missing like Dimebag solos or something. Uh. Okay. We're missing the timing. Oh. Uh, I thought Charlie Benante from Anthrax was okay as the drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I could not hear Pantera, really. I could maybe make out Walk, but barely. And I could make out, like, the first part of Cowboys from Hell. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I, nothing, really. And the second night, uh, Ice Nine Kills. Uh, I couldn't really form a good opinion on them because I would have liked to have heard them because they looked like they were putting on a and some. I think I read somewhere that it's better if they were in a smaller auditorium, but they were like trying to put on a show. Yeah, and it just kind of couldn't. couldn't yeah, do it. Uh, maybe I'll check them out some other way. Right, like an album or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. I was super bored during uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. I have I have two of their albums. I like one of them. Uh, the only part I could really make out was uh, their cover of Bad Company because that's yeah. like their best their best song is a cover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was just super bored during their set. I don't know why someone else I talked to who was there was also super bored. <laughs> well, it's, then you're not alone. Yeah, but Metallica was definitely the best part because it's Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we're, was the highlight. We're hoping that the recording of the concert, which we've already purchased, is going to be better sound yes. quality. That we can actually hear what we didn't hear yeah. live. Um, and it's, it's a... It's an expensive thing to go to uh, SoFi. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd recommend, uh, um, cross your fingers. Um, I'd recommend, uh, what we did is we parked away from the event. I've I've never heard anybody say they had a great time going to SoFi. No. So far. 
I mean, I'm sure the concerts you go because you want to see somebody play, but no one's ever said, yeah, it was great. I would just not recommend going to SoFi for a concert. Right. Now, Char uh, and I are going to see uh, Baby Metal and Death Clock at the YouTube Theater, which is in SoFi, but that's indoor, so the acoustics should be a lot Hopefully, better. Hopefully, yeah. I've been warned baby metal is loud. <laughs> so wear like yeah. Okay. Always wear earplugs. Speaking of expensive events, uh, <laughs> we went to Comic-Con again this year. Yes. Uh, four days in uh, San Diego. Yeah. And I five. Think five, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phew. Uh, yeah, Wednesday uh, through Sunday. Yeah. Um, so what would you think of Comic-Con? I... Okay, it was interesting because there was a dual strikes going on. Yes, uh, there was a lot, not not a lot of people pushing movies or television shows. Yeah, and uh, if union uh, members did show up, they could only talk about it in their work in general, mm-hmm. not any specific. Excuse me, not any uh, specific work unless they were allowed to or unless they were comfortable with it. Right. So, like uh, for example, at the voice actor at the cartoon voices panel, uh, a couple of them couldn't really talk about most of the things they were in <laughs> because it was uh, union work or struck work. Right. Uh, but at least one of them uh, was able to rattle off a bunch of anime roles they were in. She was like, "That's okay, right?" <laughs> 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 you could talk about things you had done. You just couldn't talk about something you were in currently or something like that. I wasn't yeah. sure what the rules were. Um, and there was some really good panels, and uh, we, I think, had a pretty good time. Yeah. Uh, I did fall and hurt. I'm still hurt from falling, but I was yeah, misstepped. Yeah. Um, but Slipped on a curb. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, you know, managed to walk the... It was like the beginning of Sunday morning. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was fun. Uh, but that was. I did make two videos related to Comic Con. Right. Uh, one are of them was big on the, sh- on the on the channel. Yeah, uh, one of them was kind of our haul uh, that was kind of influenced by uh, or inspired by. I saw I saw a video where like ProZD came back from Japan, and he decided it would be fun to show off the stuff he got. Right. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun to show off some of the stuff we got. That was also that also ended up. At first, that was the in, it was intended to be maybe put into the longer to the other video, but it ended up being something we put up while I was working on the other video. Right. And the reason the uh, other video took longer was because I was fighting. Uh, I'm, I was editing it on a ten-year-old laptop. <laughs> yes, we have old computers. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of fighting it. <laughs> but one of the things that came out of that, out of Comic-Con, yes. in a good way, and I'm, I'm trying to, your your videos have been very uh, well-received, uh, is that we had, uh, we managed to have David Peterson on the show. Yes. Uh, he was the creator of Mouse Guard, and uh, I'll give Trevor credit for going and asking him to be on the show. Yeah. And he agreed, which is always the, the surprising part, I think. Yeah, we were actually... Uh, Kind of surprised how easy it was. Yeah, and it, it proves sometimes if you just ask people, they'll do things. Yeah, like one, like mm, we had Stephen E. Gordon on. He we asked like, "Do you want to be on?" He's like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> and 
uh, it was a lot, very interesting. It was two hours. I, I, I kind of had to sort of like, <laughs> yeah, okay, we got to rein it in here. Yeah, because it's going on. But it was a very, I think, a very uh, good good interview. He seemed to enjoy himself. And uh, I, I, I thought that was one of the better shows we've had this summer. Yeah. On, uh, on the air with Power Squared. Uh, I also want to mention that while we were gone at Comic-Con and while we were gone at Metallica, yeah. <laughs> the show continued without us. And I want to thank uh, Julia and Jen and Rachel. Yes. Uh, they did a girls art uh, takeover. And then when we girls went... Girls night. Yeah, girls <laughs> And then when we uh, went to Metallica, Jen and Julia uh, did another show. And so those, again, I, those are sometimes my favorite shows. <laughs> We're not on them. And uh, I can watch them. Um, so I would recommend uh, people check those out and thank them again for keeping the show alive without us being here. Yeah. Uh, we've also uh, this year started doing a comic book club. Yeah. And uh, this summer we did two. Uh, we had two two uh, shows. One of them was The Way of the House Husband, which I think was your suggestion. Yes. Uh, which is a kind of a nice sort of kind of a humorous slice of life. Yeah. The former Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, was, was playing a house husband. And I love the fact he wears a little he wears a little apron everywhere he goes. And yeah. That's yeah, really funny. Um, and some of the situations. It's, it was it's a very cute. Uh, concept, yeah, and it's like what volume ten now or something. Yeah, so it's, we read volume one. Still funny. <laughs> and then the other one was my suggestion, which was eight pages, and I I'm not gonna remember the guy's name. Yeah. Oh wait, it's right over here. Yeah. Uh, Still there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Craig Craig Stein. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, Master Race, which is an eight page uh, comic. Uh, that supposedly is very influential, and I thought we should all read it, and yeah. it's available for free. Is one of the nice things. Uh, I did buy the books. I thought we some of the stories in there are really good. Yeah. And I don't know how much he had to do with writing the stories, but uh, the, they're very. It's kind of a they can do a lot in eight pages. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of these are very short, and so it was very. Uh, I was that was kind of a. I wanted everybody to kind of at least be exposed to. Because you had seen a video where a guy was talking about how important that was. Yeah. And so let's... Matt with four T's. Right. <laughs> that's, who, that's the name right. of the channel. And I, I tried to figure out how we if, who could get him on the show, but I couldn't figure out how to actually contact him. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so Master Race. It sounds like it's a it's going to be pro-Nazi or something, and it's mm. not. So yeah. I want everybody to uh, I will say, looking at something like Master Race is also interesting because it's sometimes good to look at short form work because that's the kind of format where, like, every, like, if it's a short film, like, every second or minute matters, or with a comic, right. uh, every page matters. Every panel matters. Yeah. So it gets it down to the uh, core as quickly as possible and tries to do it. It's interesting to see what they do with such a limited... Right. And sometimes space. they can do a lot, you know, a lot with eight yeah. pages. Um, so that would transition us into our comic book. Uh, we have uh, this year have released two volumes of... Power, issues. Two issues of Power Square, <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, one of which is... Uh, it's Mocha and Raven Part 2. Yes. And then uh, I was in... 
June, June 14th, and then we just this past week uh, released uh, part three, which is issue 18. Yes. So, um, of course, I, I I think it was a an interesting little uh, story arc. Yeah. Uh, kind of brought back, if you've read along, uh, from the beginning, uh, we introduced uh, a character named Billy O'Shea. Uh, and then I'm not sure we came up with the name Billy O'Shea, but we uh, introduced him in issue one, and we brought him back in issue 16. Yes. And uh, with him, is he's his companion is a... Yadagarasu. Thank you. Uh, I have to learn this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it, but it's easier if you say it. Uh, who's named Raven, because they're basically are, are uh, ravens. So yeah. it's three, three talents. And legged. Three-legged. Yeah, sorry. Well, they have three talents, then, don't they? On each leg, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, they come back, and you know, Mocha and, and Raven have a have a not-so-pleasant history, and uh, they have to kind of overcome a lot of stuff. But it, I think it was a good story arc. Yeah. So uh, those are available, of course, at powersquarecomicbook.com at the campus store. Yes. So we hope you'll you check that out. You're going to find where it's available there. <laughs> right. Everything's available through there. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of been our summer. Yeah. All right. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. <laughs>